Today on Seculo Desperate, new calls for Biden to drop out of 2024 election by the left. Keeping you informed and engaged, now more than ever, this is Seculo. We want to hear from you. Share and post your comments or call 1-800-684-3110. And now your host, Jordan Seculo. Hey, welcome to Seculo. We are taking your phone calls, 1-800-684-3110. That's 1-800-684-3110. We go first to the left. Nate Silver urging Biden to reassure voters or stand down. Stop with the easy stuff, Logan. Actually go and reassure voters or Become a hero and get out of the race. Yeah, sort of Nate Silver, if you don't know, he's sort of one of those guys with the big, he usually makes big predictions over numbers. what's going to happen. A lot of numbers, a lot of data-driven analysis of how elections will go to some mixed results more recently. And he's yeah, even admitted that that the world has changed so much that even some of his tried-and-true methods have certainly shifted. But he went out there, made some statements, essentially what we've heard from, uh, honestly, Democrat and Republican or, but mainly Democrat, especially sort of that moderate Democrat, yep. saying it is time for Joe Biden to read the writing on the wall and let somebody else come in. But Jordan, it feels like it's getting a little too late in the game for yeah, that. I mean, it does. Every single day it's getting a little too late. He, he said that Biden needs to reassure the American public that he's capable of handling public appearances that aren't on easy mode. Can I get you to call in on this, folks? 1-800-684-3110. Do you think President Biden is able to handle these public appearances that aren't on easy mode. Logan, I'm not sure he's handling easy mode very well. No, I mean, we were watching clips yesterday coming right. out of the helicopter, trying to make statements, make words. Again, not necessarily head given bad answers. And somewhat, I feel, for the fact that the guy has worked his entire life to become the president of the United States. Yeah, we're telling him to go. And now everyone, including his own side, is saying, you got to stop. Uh, well, look, I understand why. I don't think he's the right fit for the presidency. I do think his age is showing, but I do feel for him a little bit being you know, the leader of the free world and being told, and, and a guy who is uh, you know, representing, sadly, uh, half the country at this point, saying, you got to go, and his own party's own people saying it's time. But again, I think I don't think that's going to happen. He's not going to go down easy. He's not just going to say, so. I'm out of here. I, I think there were moments when I thought not it could happen. happen. Yeah. You don't think it'll happen. I, pending an emergency situation, that's like what I said with Trump situation. too. I'm pending any kind of health situation. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, if I'm him, why would I? I mean, no. I don't get it. I mean, I don't. I maybe for the betterment of the country, if you will. Sure, that would be great. But that's not how politicians think. That's not how Washington D.C. thinks. They think for the betterment of themselves. And himself says, "Why would I not?" If unless he had gone out ahead of time and just said, "I'm just going to do one term." I know I saw like Bob Costas or someone came out and said he should have run on being a one-term president. Was Bob Costas that right? I'm not sure. Yes, yeah. I don't know if that's a good strategy or not. Yeah, well, he didn't clearly. Right. So I mean, that's not how it went. And uh, now we're kind of catching up with the fact that the guy seems to have so much push behind him to get out of the way that I think his own ego, uh, understandably so, he's the president of the United States, says, I don't think so. I'm not going anywhere. But then you have Nate Silver, and I think he can probably turn around and say, Nate Silver, well, you haven't been right for the last decade, so maybe you need to stop too. That's true. Ezra Klein, a columnist and podcaster for the New York Times, called on President Biden to end his White House bid and go out as a hero, as if suddenly if Joe Biden is not the candidate, that they are the Democrat. Undamed Democrat Logan definitely wins. And I don't know if that's true. Yeah. And in, 
Who is that unnamed Democrat yeah, well, now? Well, people, Gavin Newsom? That's the thing. People they're beating up Newsom. on California every single day? People have said Newsom. Obviously, there's been the Michelle Obama talks. And we had a discussion about Michelle Obama as someone who has to really make a calculated decision. Do you risk, in the most partisan time in our modern history, do you risk essentially the Obama legacy, which, like him or not, and I assume most of our, our audience was not of Obama voters, probably did not like him. You cannot say the guy didn't go down as probably the most popular president in our sure. lifetime. Sure. So do you risk being having your legacy tarnished when right now you're living pretty well, you're making a good living, you don't have to do you're not running the, the country. And if I'm Michelle Obama, I go, no. The only hope is Donald Trump? Right. I, I just don't see that being in the cards. I could be wrong, and if it is, I do think you know, game on. It will be a very interesting time because they are some of the most popular. We got new people. polls in South Carolina. Donald Trump up to about sixty-five percent in Nikki Haley's home state. Logan, yeah. she's running about thirty-five percent. She's at a sweet tea stop right now. All right, always well, good to be a little sweet. We're tea about stop to in go. South Carolina. We're about to go to break. Uh, stay tuned if you're watching online. We got something special for you. The challenges facing Americans are substantial. At a time when our values, our freedoms, and our constitutional rights are under attack, it's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. aclj.org. After nearly 50 years, Roe versus Wade, the tragic ruling that manufactured a so-called right to abortion has been overturned by the United States Supreme Court. This is the moment the ACLJ has been fighting for. It's the biggest victory we've achieved in our three decade long fight against the soulless abortion industry. And believe me, abortionists like Planned Parenthood are devastated. This victory would not have been possible without the steadfast prayer and support of ACLJ members like you. On behalf of the entire ACLJ, I thank you for standing with us against the abortion industry and helping us save defenseless babies. I thank you for making this victory possible. And I ask you for your continued prayer and support as we continue to battle against barbaric new abortion laws across our nation. Phone calls to 1-800-684-3110. The question is this. Do you think that President Biden can actually get out of easy mode? I don't know, Logan, that he can even handle easy mode. I mean, every time when he's in easy mode, he says something that is not correct. I mean, they are. we're going to talk to Tulsi Gabbard about this, you know, talking about NATO, talking about the funding of NATO. Those are real intense subjects that President Trump's talking about, that Tulsi Gabbard's talking about. They're talking with when they're talking about Joe Biden. They're talking about like you know, can he get through a event without a major gaffe? I think last week when we saw him come out, try and act tough after that report from the special counsel, 
it was a disaster, and the disaster has just continued to to kind of ball up. I yeah, know I a lot we, of focus is going to be on South Carolina, Nikki Haley, but right now look, Donald I'm, Trump is d- double digit lead in that that I saw, race. Look, I haven't seen a lot of Trumps. So we're here in, in Nashville. I haven't seen a lot of Trump signs. I've seen a lot of signs in general today on the way in, though randomly. Nikki Haley signs. I had to go some back roads today because of traffic, and I saw some Nikki Haley you know, signs in the front yard of people, which actually reminded me that we are a Super Tuesday state that's coming up in a couple weeks, because I think a lot of people, early, vote. early voting's open, but you're hearing nothing about it. I don't see anyone talking about early voting. I don't see it really becoming a uh, a standout here, but that that did kind of remind me of, oh yeah, that's coming up in a couple weeks, but because, because we've all been kind of already predisposed to who the... Winners will be, yeah. and then you will have a Biden-Trump rematch. But truth be told, you never know what can happen. And if you actually have some boots on the ground, then maybe there could be some momentum. I don't see it happening here. I mean, look, you have the National Religious Broadcasters Convention this week. Trump President Trump is speaking. They invited Nikki Haley. She declined. Uh, I feel like that she says declined. a lot. She declined, according to the press. Is that, did you say that's because of the abortion covenant? I just think they probably aren't going to spend the money to come to Tennessee. I mean, I think that's you know, probably what it is. Here by, I mean, if you're getting now, destroyed it's not a bunch at home. Of, it's not a bunch of locals coming to a convention. I do think – I don't think she was going to get booed out of the building. I don't. I mean, no. I don't I don't think that it's that way. I mean, look, the, the stance she's taken on life and now the stance that Donald Trump has taken on life, not that far apart. No. Uh, obviously, you have a record of overturning Roe that really helps you. But, that. yeah, so that's a pretty big one to do. But they both kind of taken similar stances. Uh so we'll see if that plays out or has any sort of impact on the election. But I don't I don't know. I think with with President Biden, it's now something that can't be ignored. You can't ignore the fact that he's coming out and making these sort of uh gaff ridden remarks. Yeah. And they're not silly no. kind of like they used to be. I'd yeah, say if you go to twenty sixteen or you go to uh twenty twenty really, you go to twenty twenty, the Biden campaign, the this the gaffes he were making were more like I said, they're more comedically they're more George W. Bush. A word slipped out to this word yeah, to this yeah, word. Yeah. Now it's statements. It's people. It's mistaking a lot of things going on. So much so, like I said, that you have Democrats coming out, whether that is uh, uh, Bill Maher. Obviously, you know him. him. You have, uh, like I said, Bob Costas, whoever it was. On that, yeah, I believe it was Bob Costas. Uh, or Because I watched it. Was a, it was an interesting thing where he said, this should not be where we're at right now. We should have. Uh, John Stewart did a whole thing last week on it, on his first Daily Show back about how I mean, he didn't want either of them, but how... President Biden is just too old for this. Uh, you are seeing that over and over and over uh, continually. We do have a phone call. Let's yeah, go ahead and take a call. Let's go to Tim, who's calling on line one in Maryland. You're on the air. Hi, guys. Hey. Okay, here's my point. All right. If Biden's not going to be the nominee, okay, they're going to put somebody else there. Whoever that may be can simply say, hey, that was Biden. That's not me. That's not yeah. my policies. Look, all the arguments that all the arguments that the conservatives have brought up about Biden, 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 just kind of go away well, in one sentence. Tim, and Tim, you bring he, up a good point in the sense that they can say, "Look, we replaced him. We agree." Yeah, you can uh, say that. I don't. Are you going to really say that? I think you'd really say, "I don't support those policies," because they do. I mean, the thing is. You know, when Mayorkas got impeached, they didn't just run and say, you know what, let's get rid of Mayorkas. He is not looking good for us. They said, let's stand with Mayorkas. Let's rally around Mayorkas. So what are you going to say as a Democrat? Are you really going to do something different on the border? Or are you just going to sound tougher but actually do the same thing as Joe Biden, which is nothing? And I think that's the 
problem. Logan, we'll take calls. 1-800-684-3110. I do want to play with Ezra Clyde saying, I mean, I think that these journalists, they're always begging, you know, hoping for the, the savior moment. And certainly he, 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 he is here. And I mean, we don't have that much time. Yep. Just not that much time for this moment to occur. Take a listen to Bite 11. So yes, I think Biden, as painful as this is, should find his way to stepping down as a hero that the party should help him find his way to that, to being the thing that he said he would be in 2020, the bridge to the next generation of Democrats. And then I think Democrats should meet in August at the convention to do what political parties have done at conventions so many times before, organize victory. Okay. In our lifetime, has that happened? Or in, the, yeah. in maybe the last hundred years? Think, uh, was it was it Kennedy? Or was it Ted Kennedy who kind of made a move? tried. He right, tried no, to yeah. primary Jimmy Carter. But yeah. Again, that was before our lifetime, but I just know that from history. Yeah. But it didn't work. In our so lifetime? it's saying, like, this happened many times over and over again. Let's let him go out a hero. Now, I do think there are ways to take a victory tour, if you will, even if you disagree with him. Uh, you know, if anything I've learned from the world of professional wrestling, there are ways to write and script this to where he can have a nice and pleasant, uh, you know, last hurrah, if you will. As going, But that is simply, look, we've seen President Biden. We've seen his attitude. We've seen the way he snaps. We've seen the way he talks to reporters. We've seen the way he talks to people. That is not in his DNA. His DNA does not say, give up and take a victory lap. I really don't believe it. As much as I I was hopeful that we'd have two brand new candidates and we'd have something fresh and interesting this go around, it wasn't going to happen, and it's not going to happen pending any sort of medical emergency. Take that out of it, which I think you have to take that out of it. Listen, that could be- For anyone. From 80 to 40 to 20 It doesn't matter. That could just happen. Uh, More likely- It's more likely if you're in your 80s. I mean, and if you're in your late 70s. Donald Trump would be 82 when he's done, but I heard something interesting this morning, Logan, and that was this. Would people see Donald Trump they don't see the same age as, as, as Joe Biden. Right. So it's not so much the number. Because people are living older. They're, they are they are working older. Yep. You know, we're not all done at 60 now. Like they used to. So it's not just the number. It's the kind of like vitality. I just remember us growing up being like, Ronald Reagan, he was such an old president. Well, these guys would be like that. Yeah, if not older. They are, uh, old. they are older. Yeah, they're the oldest president. Joe Biden, I believe, is the old, oldest current president. Is he? Is he already the oldest colonel? He's, he's in his 80s, right? No. No? No. Close. Is he 80? Joe Biden's 81, Jordan. Yes, he's 81 years old. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm sure. They just don't celebrate it. Well, yeah, they don't They. They don't, they don't talk about it. He had an 80th birthday party, I think. Did he not? Uh, I don't no. know. 81 uh, went by. We share very similar. the ice cream at the beach. Yeah, I don't know. Donald chair. Trump is 77. So Big difference there, actually. We'll be 78 before he becomes president. Yeah, so he'll be 82 at the end. I'd say both of them. Is That's not Pretty young. Similar. That's not a young man. Uh, so no, I, listen, I don't think in our country we want young. No. Young. I mean, there's a... Now, I used to think that like 40 plus, you weren't young anymore. Yeah. Now I'm starting to think, are we a country where it's like 55 plus? I think because, 50s. I think early 50s. Because like musicians are still 40 and, and like- you Well, know. That, yeah, it's because it's, it's all of our music is now the oldies. I mean, I think that's why. That's why us just aging uh, than it is anything. But no, I do look at that and go, what's probably the proper age? It depends if you want someone with business experience, you want someone with political experience, what do you want out of your president? Yeah, yeah, like how much experience? Because and you want them to have the gravitas to go overseas- and to right. assert some kind of authority and respect. And that's a little harder when you're in your late 30s, early 40s. Obama may have been like the the, exe- the, yeah, the exception to the rule. 
Uh, but other than him, but he was unbelievable order. Yes. So whether you like him or not, yeah. I'll always say that. Yeah, and I've, that's what I was saying here. And I do think our caller talked about. I think Michelle Obama decides to run. That is a a very difficult road for conservatives. Oh yeah, but almost. I, I, I don't want to say insurmountable, but, but almost insurmountable. I think it's a difficult road for her. Yeah, I think she because I, she has her, to run against Donald Trump, who's going to be really nasty. Yeah. If I was her, I wouldn't do it. Um, Knowing not, that Donald Trump can only do four more years. Well, that and just going, I just don't know if I'm her if I want to be the president. Like again, you go down with. The legacy of the Obamas being a pretty, un, like, not from us and not from a conservative point of view, but from a historical point of view, took out he will go down Lod. He will go down as one of the most popular presidents of our life. And you can't take Trump's that away from recession. him. You can take him, uh, that away from him if you become president now in the most divided time in our the history since uh, the Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, wasn't there, so I'm not sure how different it felt. But it feels closer to that than ever. Hey, phone lines are open. 1-800-684-3110. 1-800-684-3110. We've got a minute till we get to break. And also coming up in the next segment, uh, we have one of your friends. Yeah, one of my buddies who is running for attorney general in West Virginia. Right now, he is the state auditor in West Virginia. And we're watching the U.S. Supreme Court very closely this week on two things. One, what will happen on Trump immunity and on filings there, but also on the 14th Amendment case that we are waiting any day, any moment uh, for that case out of Colorado to be decided. Ultimately, we hope, uh, decided so that it's clear Donald Trump will be on the ballot and your vote for Donald Trump will count, especially as so many Super Tuesday voters are already voting as we speak. But there have been some bizarre moves by Republicans. And I think, uh, I know JB wants to come on to make sure we don't go over the top uh, before we get these cases out. And I think, again, he's running for attorney general in uh, attorney general in West Virginia. He'll be joining us when we get back. All right. Be right back. After nearly 50 years, Roe versus Wade, the tragic ruling that manufactured a so-called right to abortion has been overturned by the United States Supreme Court. This is the moment the ACLJ has been fighting for. It's the biggest victory we've achieved in our three-decade-long fight against the soulless abortion industry. And believe me, abortionists like Planned Parenthood are devastated. This victory would not have been possible without the steadfast prayer and support of ACLJ members like you. On behalf of the entire ACLJ, I thank you for standing with us against the abortion industry and helping us save defenseless babies. I thank you for making this victory possible. And I ask you for your continued prayer and support as we continue to battle against barbaric new abortion laws across our nation. The challenges facing Americans are substantial. At a time when our values, our freedoms, and our constitutional rights are under attack, it's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, 
Well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today, aclj.org. Secular. As Logan said, a good friend of ours, and someone I went to college with, he's worked at the ACLJ before. We certainly supported him. His political career has he's moved up inside his home state of West Virginia as a delegate, as a state auditor now running to be attorney general. J.B. McCuskey is joining us now from West Virginia. J.B., great to have you on the broadcast. I talked to you a lot, buddy, but it's good to have you on the show. Good to see you, my brother. You know, uh, let me ask you, JP, right away, and I, just make sure your connection is good there. We are awaiting this U.S. Supreme Court uh, decision from uh, on the 14th Amendment. We represent, actually, the West Virginia Republican Party. We represent, in the case, the Colorado Republican Party to make sure uh, that the Colorado Republican Party and other states, uh, you're able to vote for Donald Trump and that these groups like Crew and others, Democrat, liberal groups, aren't able to take uh, Donald Trump off the ballot on their own, you know, without any kind of criminal process. And we worked, we worked through all these issues. Is the 14th Amendment an issue that is uh, something that is, uh, again, self-executing? Is the 14th Amendment an issue that's something that, again, Congress has to take action on? But then you had some Republicans in your own state try to say, well, let's just take Joe Biden off. And I think we wanted to have you on right now to say, this is not the strategy we, we, purport, we, we supported at the U.S. Supreme Court, nor is that the strategy we want to support or see. We want to win this at the Supreme Court and then win this at the election. Yeah, so I think uh, what you are describing is people who are probably well-meaning but are using Donald Trump and this election as a way for them to generate their own publicity, right? And at the end of the day, we're all, we all have to be pulling this rope the same way. And we do not want secretaries of state to have the ability to pull candidates off the ballot without uh, any real basis. And to pull Joe Biden off the ballot, uh, number one, uh, is foolish because he's going to win. Trump's going to win West Virginia 85-15 or 90 to 10, right? And so we have to be very strategic and we have to follow the lead of great lawyers like you and your dad. And we were so proud to have you guys in here to protect uh, uh, the president's uh, Trump's base on our ballot, uh, not only here, but in the entire country, uh, but also our attorney general, Patrick Morrissey, who has taken a very strong leadership role amongst our attorneys generals in this country, uh, working with you at the Supreme Court on a cohesive strategy uh, that is designed to keep President Trump on the ballot in all 50 states. Yeah, I mean, the goal here, JB, obviously, uh, you are uh, you know trying to move up from state auditor uh, to inter- attorney general, and I always say that you're someone who serves uh, selflessly. I mean, because you take on these jobs, and a lot of people in these states, uh, again, people may not even know what those positions do. And I think you've done an awesome job of actually going around your state. I see you, what you're doing on Facebook every single day. You're at multiple events. You're helping people get jobs out of college, uh, and I think that's awesome. More, more, again, just a accountability at the local level. Take that to the attorney general's office where you can continue. What is a law enforcement job too, as a state auditor, into the attorney general spot? But, but this idea of the, the politics surrounding this—I know it's—you know—it gets nasty in the primaries. But ultimately, ultimately, here, like you said, we know that in West Virginia, a conservative message is going to beat Joe Biden 
day after day. I mean, Joe Manchin won't even endorse Joe Biden right now. And, and you know, and, and he says, oh, he's got plenty of time to do it. Maybe he won't even do it. Maybe he's just retiring and he's out of it. But like, as you said, because of the, the margin of victory will be so large. But we do have to make sure that bad decisions aren't made that sound that sound like they should be fun. Oh, they, you know what? If they're going to ban Donald Trump, let's ban uh, Joe Biden. We, we should not fall for that trap. Well, and I think what you're talking about is, is an idea of selfless service, right? And so when you are a servant, you have to look past what is expedient for your personal campaign, and you have to uh, look for what's the best for America. And I'm proud to endorse President Trump. He's our guy here in West Virginia. He's the most popular president probably in the history of our state, and he's done so much to make our state better. Um, but people will try to use supporting him as a way to get elected to a smaller race. At the end of the day, getting him elected is the most important thing for our country. And people who who quickly and without a, a full grasp of the facts and the law just try to glom on to what is a, 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 a an expedient legal idea uh, can really do more harm than good. And we have to make sure that we are uh, we are all uh, looking at it through that lens. And that is, you know, we, we have wars in Israel. We have wars in uh, the Ukraine. We have upcoming uh, intense battles with China and with Russia. And you, you name the international discord um, that we need a strong American leader to uh, ensure that our prosperity continues and that our security is where it is. And we can't allow petty political squabbles in the uh, interests of, of Quick and quick publicity in a in a small state primary to over uh, to, to to go beyond what is the ultimate goal here, and that's to make sure that what America remains the greatest country on the face of the earth. I mean, we hope this week we get that decision. Hope we got it today. We didn't, but uh, hope we get it this week that uh, the Supreme Court makes it clear that these secretaries of states I can't just uh, willy nilly remove a presidential candidate who has qualified for the ballot uh, to uh, to remove them from the primary ballot. And we got people on Super Tuesday states, JB, they're voting right now in Tennessee. They uh, And, and uh, again, there's moves to say, well, could you take them off the ballot? Places like that. I mean, people have been voting, I, th- I think, since uh, until the 27th they get to vote. But I want to go back to something you said, too, because I think on this issue, it was great. You put a stop to it. I think voters understand why it may, it may sound fun to hit Biden that way. And you know what? Politically, hit them all you want that way, but don't follow their bad legislative path. But let me talk to you about the issues. What are West Virginians? Because we were talking to a lot of truckers yesterday. They were, they were talking about the, what was happening in New York and the fact that they were being overtaxed and over uh, just regulated to bring goods into New York. When you are, and I see it all over your social media, you are out all day, every day, all over the state of West Virginia in very different places. You were in a sugar shack selling molasses. Uh, yesterday, and uh, you know, in a, in a bigger town, uh, talking about criminal issues and uh, some of the some of the legal issues towns are facing. What are the top two issues West Virginians are concerned about? Top two issues are border security, uh, ensuring that uh, we are maintaining a an actual border in the South. That is a huge deal for the drug crisis. It's a huge deal for our workforce, and it's a huge deal morally um, as we try to defend who our country is. And I would say the second biggest issue is uh, making sure that this country is energy independent and that we are free as West Virginians to mine our coal, uh, to, to, to harvest our trees and, and to, to drill our gas, to make sure that this country leads the world in low cost, 
effective energy policy. And that begins, middles and ends with our West Virginia coal and West Virginia natural gas. And there are a group of people in Washington who do not believe that our lifestyle or our uh, economy matters. And they would much rather push green, woke energy uh, than cost-effective, manufacturing-friendly coal and natural gas. Oh, JB, it's always great to uh, to see you on here and talk to you regularly. I encourage people to check out your campaign. Again, if you're in West Virginia or outside West Virginia, JB is state auditor. He's running for a West Virginia attorney general. He pointed this issue out, which I thought was so important as we await that Supreme Court decision uh, this week. JB, thanks for taking the time to talk to our audience uh, today on the broadcast, and we hope you have great success out on the campaign trail in, in the next couple months. I will join you and all your listeners in praying for a great Supreme Court decision to come out the next couple days. Absolutely. Thank you, JB. Folks, we'll be right back on Secular. Second half hour coming up. Tulsi Gabbard, part of the Secular team, will be joining us as well. We'll be talking about NATO, talking about the UN. We had more. We get back on Secular. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. aclj.org. 